Hey there, ghosties. Welcome to episode 87 of the Ghost Lights podcast. Today's guest is Jerry Hinshaw, the, let's just be honest, one of the many stars of Refuge at Curious Theater. You may remember her from such works as Men on Boats for the Catamounts, as well as the many years hosting the Henrys. We talk about our journeys, what we find that draws us to theater, the things that help us buy in and create the world in which we're presenting. And then we talk about Adam Sandler. Maybe it's problematic. You be the judge. Dan, give us war by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Episode 87 of the Ghost Lights Podcast, Ghosties. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Basil Hayden. Mm. A little whiskey will do you. <laughs> Basil Hayden's. Is that their slogan? No, that's mine. Okay. I uh, come up with them on the, on the, off the top of my head, <laughs> and I really hope it, it, it's funny when I say them. Mm-hmm. Tonight's guest is uh, someone you may have known, Denver Theater Peeps. I, my first encounter with you is you were hosting the Henrys. Oh, really? Yeah. With Stephen J. Burge. Stephen, Stephen J. Burge. Both of you awesome energy people. Everyone, it's Dree Hinshaw in the house. Woo! So glad to be here. <laughs> so glad. That's right. We started today off with a little ASMR, so if we get really low in our whispers, don't get freaked out. No. Leave just, the volume where it is. It's just a little bit of... Just some sudden love. Sudden love. found today's uh, tagline for when I post this online. Sudden love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we are having a great time, as always. Jaria, thank you so much for being with us today. I know that we've got, me and her are working on a project together. You probably may have heard me talk about it. It's called Refuge. It's at Curious Theater. Um, Jaria, who exactly are you in that piece? Um, I play a, a woman named Martina. Um, she is a border patrol agent, um, and that becomes uh, relevant to the plot mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly, given that we have a, a, a girl from Honduras who has crossed the border yeah. um, at between Mexico and Texas. And uh, Martina is, you know, sort of dwells in, you know, a world that is really not built for her either. Mm. Um, she's a, a woman in the, in CBP. Um, and I think even currently, I think there's only like 7% of the agents, if that, I'm, I I feel like it might be five to 7% of the agents are women in CBP. And then, um, she's also a lesbian. So there's also that part of her, you know, what sort of makes her feel a little bit. Um, vulnerable mm-hmm. in in that uh, in that space. Yeah. There's a question that I'm going to ask when we're not recording about your character because I don't want to spoil anything. So you're thanking me <laughs> as much as you want to hear the question, ghosties at home. I'm saving you a spoiler because you're going to get your tickets. We close April 10th and they are going real fast. Dan, aren't 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 they going fast? There's almost none left. There's almost none left. We 
close April 9th. Please don't try to come on the 10th. Oh, sorry. Yes. April hey, 10th is a Sunday. You got a night free now. Fantastic. <laughs> Sudden love. Sudden love. <laughs> That's uh, one thing I've always uh, enjoyed about uh, the curious uh, approach to the, the show schedule is that you open on a Saturday night, which is when you should have an opening because, you know, that's when you really want to party. You want to get crunk afterwards, right? yeah. And then you don't have a matinee no, the next don't. day. Yeah. And that is really super awesome. And then on the other end, you close on a Sunday and you don't close on a matinee. Nice. It's good stuff. That is good. Yeah. I, I like it. And something occurred to me while we were going through that first bit of downtime. This is really interesting stuff for the ghosties at home. My thought processes on how schedules are made. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I know why we didn't have a show on Sunday. Equity rules. Is that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope it's curious just doing smart, smart, smart thinking. No show on Sunday. What? Because we need that day off. We worked Monday through. Oh, you were thinking, oh, in terms of the... Yeah, um, the hours the, and stuff, the, the allotments. Tech week? Yeah. Oh, got you. That well, might very well be true. Although, if that were true, how come I've had to do matinees after openings at other theaters? Uh-oh. Don't don't get a phone call. <laughs> they, I'm sure they managed the, uh, the rehearsals that week differently. We'll say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're totally fine. Don't no. ever ask me about equity stuff. I know nothing. If you're an equity stage manager and you're yes. listening to this uh, episode. And you have answers. Don't tweet at us. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I no. mean, you can totally. Actually, you know what? Do tweet us because I want the smoke. Bring it on because I'm not equity. This is a podcast. DM me. DM I want to know the answer. Slide into those DMs <laughs> at the Ghost Lights 1 on Twitter. The Ghost Lights Podcast on Instagram. Jury Theater, how did it happen to you? <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I was in the first grade, and um, it was time to do the class Thanksgiving play. And um, I was I went to school at a at a little little private Catholic school. Um, and essentially, our class was basically half white and half brown. And um, for sure, there were pilgrims, and for sure, there were Indians in this in this play. Mm-hmm. And for sure, for sure, I was an Indian. And for sure, my very first line of my very first play was, "We plant corn, we hunt deer." Wow. And folks, still, I was hooked. Still etched. <laughs> still etched into the into the mind. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, and uh, you know, I I I I I feel like if I got a hold of the text for that play, uh, we'd find all kinds of things really wrong with it. I could um, find a couple things wrong already. Well, we plant <laughs> corn, we hunt deer yeah. as a as a as a summary of mm-hmm. m- you know, my uh, my a tribe um, clearly is is a little limiting, mm. um, and uh, yeah, uh, we won't we won't talk about you know the the casting methodologies of my first grade teacher. It's okay, we got her right here, Miss Johnson. Come on in. 
What is wrong? No, she's not here. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I would say theater uh, began um, with a, a, a classroom play. And um, I, I, I think really when I was bitten mm-hmm. was when I went to see theater. Huh. Um, we there's a, a theater. Uh, it's, it's a little regional theater in um, Fort Worth, Texas, called Casa Manana. Um, it's this really crazy building. It is a a geo what do you call it? a geodesic dome geo mm-hmm. and it's. And it's, uh, oh, sorry for knocking the thing. Um, I talk with my hands. Um, the, it, it, it looks like a, a, like a sphere with all these different facets to it that like, looks like it's made out of like aluminum foil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go inside and it's, a, it's theater in the round. Um, and uh, we, you know, we, we would go as, as kids, you know, just, uh, you know, taking field trips and I remember watching what was it that's it that's Casa Manana mm-hmm. um the house of tomorrow mm-hmm. um and we I I, I I feel like one of the shows that I one of the first shows I saw was Tom Sawyer and also I feel like maybe Annie was one of the first ones and I remember watching those kids do what they were doing on stage. And I remember thinking, I can do that. Mm. You know, like where you're like, I mean, I don't know exactly how one gets to do this. It seemed very mysterious to Mm. me. I knew nothing about, you know, theater and the process uh, through which you would go to be cast or whatever. But I remember thinking, just knowing, like, I don't know how they got to do it but I can do that. Like I can yeah. do that. And, um, and then it just took a little while. It wasn't until really, um, you know, when I was probably 12 or 13 where I finally started to have like, you know, actual opportunities to be in plays and stuff. And turns out I could, I could do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, yeah you definitely had some tools. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Is there something specific about, you know, being that, that young jury watching them on stage that like jumps to mind now that you're like, that is what I thought I could do. Was it like, was it just the, was it just being up there on stage or was it like, that's a great question. I think, um, I think what, okay, here's one thing. I do remember, um, what scared me was the idea that, um, everyone would be quiet and only your voice would be going. Cause like, I've always been able to get down in like a choir situation or like an ensemble scenario, but like, like really just like being front and center and like, it's only me that you're looking at. Um, that was definitely like, that looked like a leap to me, mm-hmm. but what I remember, I remember sitting and, and I think this really, I think this must've been Tom Sawyer. I remember sitting and, and my eyes, went to this young girl who was just um, uh, sitting and listening to the scene. And she was, her legs were swinging back and forth. And I remember thinking, well, that's exactly what you would do. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking she's being exact, she's, she's being what you would do if you were in a room and 
other people were having a conversation and you weren't a part of it, but you were listening to it. Mm. And, and I remember thinking she's, she's being, she's doing that on purpose. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, mm. like realizing like you're every, everyone's doing it. Like everyone's creating the sense that this is going on. Like even the person not having the lines. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I want in. Nice. How do I get in this? <laughs> so then you get 13, 14 or you start auditioning for school projects. Yeah. Like I, um, we, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a, um, First, I got to go to a, a little program um, it, called Cats, C-A-T-S. Not the musical, right? Not the musical. Okay. Um, it was Creative Arts Theater in School. Mm-hmm. and um, Professor um, Rum Tum Tugger, everyone. <laughs> yes. Um, and it actually spat out quite a few, quite a few folks who've gone on to have, have, have careers in performance, not necessarily uh, theater per se. Mm. Um, and, uh, I didn't really know that at the time it was just, it was just this cool place that my, uh, dad and stepmom had been like someone recommended to them. And then they, they, you know, they, they enrolled me for the summer program and it was, you know, everybody for several weeks, just like, just like the, you know, I think JCC probably still does this, right? Like the, 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 the young program, um, where you just, you put on a musical and you take a few weeks to put it up and you learn all, all the things. Um, so that was, that was probably my, my first, like really true, like, here's, here's, here's how you audition. And now here's your role that you've earned. And like, here's, you know, now we're going to put this show up. Um, then I went to a high school that had a major theater program and my, uh, my, my high school theater director, um, it has been a a major influence in in my in in my development mm-hmm. um, as a theater artist, um, and to, you know to the point where uh, very recently, I, you know I say recently, it's been probably five six years now that but he re- retired, mm-hmm. and many of us from you know forty years of programming like came back to like like do a whole big thing. Uh, like a basically a this is your life kind of a, oh, nice. a situation where you know it was like little little scenes and little things from from plays throughout the decades of of, of stuff and it, and and you know like no one outside of of our high school I'm sure would have uh, enjoyed that in the least mm-hmm. um, but the 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 people that are so um, I don't know, they were inspired in so many different ways. Not everybody ended up staying in the theater, but like the the way that he um that he treated young people as the as the you know, forming artists that they really were. And he made you responsible for your for your stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Like he 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 expected a lot of of youth and um when you do that with kids, uh they deliver. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, yeah, the he was he was a major part of my of my theatrical upbringing. Um, so that is probably where I was for sure just like set on a path of of theater will never not be a part of my life from this from this point forward. Nice. 
when you talk about you clocking at such a young age, how each in person on stage is a, is responsible for creating some leg of the world that they're living in. You then start working with a teacher that is exacting, probably, mm -hmm. and you know has certain expectations. Does that jive with what you saw oh, that one day? A hundred percent. I can remember like one day. I can remember. Um, so his name is is Larry Kier. Um, shout out to Larry Kier. Sh shout shout to Larry Kier. We are we are tipping it back, Mule Dogs. Mule Dogs. We are taking in a little shot for mm. for Larry Kier. But I, I can remember, um, he, you know, one of his bigger deals is like, you know, um, you know, cause so it's a musical, but we're, we're, we're doing the spring musical and it's a, you know, obviously it's a cast of thousands, you know, designed that way so that you're getting, you know, giving the maximum number of kids the experience. Right. And, um, um, and it is still a, 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 a quality production that he is, you know, working to put together. Right. And, um, so there's not. There's not any. There's not any element that he's willing to just like overlook. You know, if there's some, if there's some, some lameness going on, he's gonna he's gonna call it out. <laughs> and and some of the lessons, like he he would just feel so passionately about. Um, and one of those, I've never thought of this, Sam, but like one of those was everybody's. Even if you don't have lines, you were, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing back there? You're yeah. either contributing to where the focus goes mm -hmm. or you are detracting from it. Yeah. Um, and you can detract just as easily by doing nothing, like literally investing nothing in it mm -hmm. as you can by doing too much. So like, what, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing back there? And, <laughs> and, um, we had just run a scene and, you know, he just kind of like, stop, stop, stop. And he, he calls, he calls out. I think, I think it's a, a, a friend of mine. Um, I, <laughs> I think it was Carrie. I think it was Carrie Watterson. And I think he was like, Carrie Watterson, what are you doing back there? What are you doing back there? You're just walking by eating a peanut patty. They're <laughs> all like, what's a, what's a peanut, a peanut patty? patty? <laughs> but the point was you know he's just like i can't even tell what choices you're making and now now i can't stop looking at you trying to figure out what that guy is doing and now i'm not focused on what this scene's supposed to be about so mm -hmm. he's like you know get it together you know what are you doing make a choice stick with it you know like yeah. so um yeah it's funny i've never really thought about about that um, the attention to detail that he had and how that really did pay off on some of the earlier things that grabbed me about about it. The, the world building that you do mm. in theater. And like world building is, is something that, that I love regardless of the medium. So mm. the, I think the things that always draw my attention are, you know, this the attention to detail that is paid to just like, you know, whether it's in a book or whether it's in a film or whether it's, you know, in, in, a, in a live show, just like, do you really know where you are mm -hmm. and where you are asking people to transport? Mm -hmm. um, and, and how is everyone contributing to making that happen? Um, whether it's actors or whether it's the technicians or whether it's the designers and, and, you know, animators or what, whoever is doing it. Like, does everyone understand the world they're building together? Mm. 
And I think so many times when you have a have sort of a disjointed experience of any kind of story, mm-hmm. probably often what's going on is they weren't all building the same world. Yeah. You, I mean, I was going to ask one of the questions of like how, like one of the questions that comes up a lot on the podcast is I'm big as a, as a man that's grown up being coached and being a coach. Mm-hmm. I always talk about buy-in. Mm-hmm. It's like I can get all of you to run to one end of the field and back, right? But if you don't know why you're doing it, hundred percent, you, you're ne- you're never gonna get the point. Like you're never gonna right. You're never gonna. It's never gonna mean anything to you. So when I what I I love hearing about the story is like in high school having somebody that's like noticing that stuff, picking that stuff up because then that explains like. Like, we, me and you, I've, 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 I've gushed backstage with you about how, how special you've been, like a rock, and it's because of your eye. I feel like you're picking up on those things, and that world building is so crucial to a piece like Refuge. And it, it's, I mean, I'm, that's if not everybody is like asking those questions, or at least. Oh, I'm glad you asked that question because I that's now I think about that. Now and I'm that's clocking great. it. Yeah. Now I now I need to know what the answer is so I can make sense of the entire world around it. Yes. Like if you're eating the peanut patty over there, Miss <laughs> Waterston, I need to know that you fucking love that peanut patty. Exactly. Where did you get the peanut patty? Is there a vending machine in the other room? Did you have enough change? Did you have to shake it? Okay, you did. Is it still good? Did it expire? You're taking that first bite, and I'm getting nothing from you. Oh, God. You know what? Get the understudy in here. <laughs> this is a high school play. Yeah, well, I've got the budget for understudies. I wonder if Carrie remembers that. I hope I, you share this with her. I, I usually do. Um, well, he. Um, Sorry. Uh, he. Uh, and he's still a theater professional, so I, I wonder. I'm going to have to ask him if he remembers that moment, because maybe it wasn't him. And so, like, who was it? That why do I think that it was that it was Carrie that got that got thrown under the bus that day? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, I think I think that with 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 the work that any of us are are doing in the theater, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, there's almost these concentric circles of this world we build, right? And so, I think that there's the there's the inner there's the inner story and the the world that contains that story, and then there's that world you build just outside of it that is that, you know, that you are, for this time being, a company, and, you know. What is that? What is that world you're building together? And like, you know, if we think about it in terms of refuge that we're doing right now, mm. one of the things we learned to do, we taught one another to do early on, was feed one another. Mm. And and um, you kept us in uh, in regular ritual of tequila, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and I you don't know, have a problem, right? <laughs> right. And the <laughs> and the and and you know and and D with her ritual of checking in and mm-hmm. you know. Um, those that world is just as important in terms of how you're fueling the artists who are going to 
find where in their personal reserves on a daily basis to keep looking, keep looking, keep, keep doing and building together, even though, yes, it gets hard, it gets challenging, you're just tired, you know, all of those things. And, you know, if you think about where that took us, Mm -hmm. because we certainly had moments of like, Wow, well, this is going to be difficult. This right? is a pickle. Some things we, you know, just absolutely were beyond anybody's control yeah. um, um, in terms of, you know, the boiler going out and like needing to transport from space to space. But we, we talked about how, well, this is interesting. We took it with us, you know, and we couldn't have done that if there had not been some building that we had done amongst ourselves as a company. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that right now, like a lot of, a lot of, a a lot of us in the industry are, are, are hurting and or missing and or realizing that we haven't done enough world building on, in those outer layers, you know, before you can get to that strength of what you're doing on the stage. Like what, what do you, what's the kind of world we're mindfully constructing for one another? Mm. You know, um, the awakening we had in no matter what industry you're in with, with, with George Floyd in summer 2020, you know, it's like, yes, pandemic. And yes, you know, are we safe to be, you know, to be coming back to the stage from a viral standpoint, but like, you know, like my friend, Alicia Young was like, am I safe at all to come back into the theater? What what have we been walking with and dealing with and not talking enough about? Yeah. Um, and what what does it look like to pay more attention to, to the kind of world we are bringing these artists into, period, when they just show up in mm. this space? Forget when they start to actually dig in to do that work. Like, how are we putting fuel in their tanks to do the harder things if we haven't also asked ourselves, are we are we even are we even lightening their load for how to like just be together and and speak a common language and have a mutual respect for what everyone could be coming in with at any time? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, world building matters not just from the standpoint of the story you're going to stand up, but like what kind of artistry are you standing up? Mm. Yeah, you're holding space and. Like, I mean, the thing that I've, the note we've gotten a lot during Refuge, and I'm going sh- to share, I think I'll share it again here on this podcast um, that Dee has been saying, I just fucking love the way it sounds. It's so true. Knowing your worth in space, right? Yeah. So there's like this individual piece to it. Like, oh, I am important to this moment. I can contribute as big as I want to contribute right here. And then in that same breath, understanding where you let the other person work in. Yes. And what are you giving them? Yes. And what are you taking from them and vice versa, knowing what they are doing to you and taking from you and so on and so forth. Those, those pieces are crucial. It's like when you do those daily check-ins that we were doing at the start, it, I think it, it, it relaxed us, made us feel like really kind of working together. Maybe, I mean, the connection piece maybe took longer for others, but like, I mean, I love being in that space. Mm-hmm. I love hanging out there. Mm-hmm. The second I walk into the building, it feels like I was able to bring my dog. Yeah. Like that, I don't get to do that often. There's not a lot of spaces that allow that 
allow you that option. Right. And it's it was nice. And then him not being a jerk and thusly people loving him. So <laughs> that was also crucial. But um, Way to go, Mike. Yeah, Mike is the best. I love Mike. Um, there's other great dogs out there. Archer, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> there's two dogs at the Yulenhop houses that I love. They're awesome. Anyway, stop talking about dogs because they're awesome. Drew, you've got a dog. I've got two, Poe hmm. and Finn. Poe and Finn. Yes. Poe and right. Finn. Yes. Named after... Poe, Dameron, and and Finn. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to my Star Wars nerds in the Who's. <laughs> Boom. Sudden love. I need more in this. Just a tad more. Mm. We'll take a break for a pour here. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is, would you say, without stepping on what your ghost light is, do we at theater companies take the right amount of time to, to at the very least, give our artists enough knowledge to help them create the world themselves, or do we just kind of rush to the finish line and get open? I would say it's not just theater companies, mm. right? I mean, it's 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 so it's so many. Anytime people are working together to put a project up, you can be really focused on what that finish line is supposed to be, looks like, what have you. And, and I say this as a person absolutely guilty. If, if there is some sense that, woof, you know, we know what our deadline is, we only have this much time to do it, and also I can tell myself a thing, which helps me in the moment not panic, which is, I know how I know what this is. <clears throat> the minute you have a lot of the minute you have a lot of people sort of leading the charge who have who have told themselves I know what this is. Mm -hmm. You you run the risk of skipping those important moments where you all go what is this mm -hmm. together? And as someone who who leads work and leads teams doing work, I I I have started thinking about what what a uh, and again it's a self soothing habit that you get in because mm -hmm. I can remember when I first started to creative direct and my brain was exploding thinking about all the things I just knew I was not gonna think about right mm -hmm. like that I just knew I was gonna not know to think about and it was gonna come barreling at me from the side right at the last minute and I was gonna realize I hadn't thought about it and holy crap and I'm gonna be so bad at this mm -hmm. and as you do more and more right you start to have this little template in your mind and you go like oh well all this is is a this plus one of these other things that I've done before plus a little bit that I've never done before this is totally doable mm -hmm. and so you sort of build out these little mind templates and that is like that's very effective yeah. when you are like doing a profession, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you're like hunting down this, you know, the same, you know, the same kind of thing over and over. Yes, it's a different animal, different beast every time. But like we have to do something that helps us accelerate and learn and apply what we've what we've learned and apply like new, you know, new thinking to old mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if we lull, all, lull ourselves into the idea that we know exactly what this is, mm. we got this, 
then we're sort of stealing everyone's learning. And I think that is that that is that world building that we have to think about how do we do how do we first build the company that then builds the world together. Mm. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Because one of the things that I was latching on to as you were talking is like, it is important to know what it is that you do know. What can I, what can I trust I've already got in the back? Mm-hmm. All right, I've, got, I've got those three to five tools that I know I, when, it, when it's called upon, I can, I can get this, those jobs done. I've got that. Boom. Okay. Now, now that I know those, now that I know that I know those things, mm-hmm. this is a new day. And this is a new experience. Mm-hmm. And what's something you say to us backstage? What are we going to learn today? That is such a crucial point to all, like, when, yeah, when we're talking about art, how are we going to build this today? What's going to be different? What are we going to experience today that we didn't anticipate yesterday or didn't have an answer for because we were never faced with a question? Mm-hmm. Trying to come into a situation with the grounded aspects of what you already bring to the table and mm-hmm. taking ownership of that and being confident in that mm-hmm. and then having the confidence to admit that I'm going to learn something new today yes, and I'm going to roll with the punches. And, and, and not just the confidence, but the, but the joy and curiosity to say, I'm mm. going to f- be forward in the question. I'm going to say, what does this process have to teach me? Mm-hmm. What can I learn from the people sitting at this table? Even the people that I would say I have more experience than, right? And it's like that, I think, yeah, like I'm already forming what I would tell. Well, I'm already forming my ghost light statement for sure. Um, And I think it's it's definitely, um, no one loves the feeling of inadequacy. It's exacerbated by the idea that in this in this in in, in this premise mm-hmm. in this industry, especially, well, really truly for anyone, um, mm-hmm. because it is a public. It's a public experience that you're building together. It's a you're inviting other people to come on in, and see what you built. As an actor, you're literally saying, watch me. Yeah. So even when you're so, not, so inadequacy won't you. serve you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So of course you try to do anything you can to start to like address the inadequacy. But when we when we over medicate our inadequacy <laughs> with all these assumptions or preconceived notions then we are just sort of we're 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 stealing our learning right like we're saying well there's i already know what this is and that's not just my learning that i'm stealing it's anyone who's going to be around me mm-hmm. because i've already i've already reached my conclusion this is what we're doing and we didn't get to get there together yeah so yeah i mean those 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 fears of like they're all gonna laugh at me. They're all gonna laugh at him. Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. Um, can 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 make us cling to what we can be certain of, but the what we can be certain of can just totally put us to sleep on yeah. the things that we could be 
you know, like learning together and building together. Yeah. I'm so fruity. It's this Basil Hayden. <laughs> basil Hayden. When you need bourbon. <laughs> basil Haydens. Anyway. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of Adam Sandler record things playing through my head. <laughs> I'm sorry that I started it's that totally, It's totally fine. How about some bloody, buddy? <laughs> Here's a dollar twenty-five and go fuck yourself. <laughs> How long could you take this? Do you think you could do this? For I think a it's, solid I could do. Hour? I could. I, it's an inveritable forest down there. I could. Pretty, <laughs> I could do a lot of quotes from that. For those of you at home who know the Adam Sadler record in which I'm quoting from, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Push it in and out at a medium pace. pace. <laughs> <laughs> at a medium pace. Yes. <laughs> call me an <laughs> call me an ugly woman and punch me in the face. That is not funny anymore. That's terrible. It's not. It's terrible. No, no. Take it back, Sam. I can't. I said it. I know. Adam Sandler said it first, but God. <laughs> oh man, why did I have to remember those quotes? That's. That should be a Rubik's Cube, but it's going to stay in. Anyway. I haven't heard the record, so this has been enlightening for me. You are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome for that. I just remembered the... Uh, once The second I remembered medium pace, mm-hmm. I knew what the follow-up rhyme was, right. and then I was doomed. You just doomed. couldn't help it. You couldn't help it's it. It's like when somebody... You said something earlier that reminded me of a song chorus. Oh, really? So then my brain wanted to sing the song chorus. I'm like, no, she's going to keep talking. I'm going to let her keep talking. Was it We Plant Corn, We Hunt Deer? No, not definitely not that one. I always love the interpretation of anyone that is not white as being somewhat inarticulate. I know, right? Right? Like, oh, no, these people whose language is a fucking poem every time they open their mouth in their native tongue. No, we dumbed it down for y'all, pilgrims. We plant corn. Yeah, we we plant corn, we hunt deer. Subject, verb, object. Mm -hmm. But I I would hazard to guess, and I make zero, zero excuses Mm. for uh, for that play and subject matter and the manner in which... Uh, our our First Nation peoples were depicted in it. Um, And yet I have a feeling that as a first grade play, probably all of our lines were subject, verb, object. (laughs) That's a good point. That is a very good point. Let's definitely not hold your your Catholic elementary school to task on this one. You don't remember, but the Pilgrim's line was, we rape land. Wow. So subject, <laughs> verb, object. Dan definitely exactly. uh, topped me on my quotes earlier. But I'm bump. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Dan. Anyway, <laughs> I think I said anyway about 30 seconds ago, trying to steer us in a different direction. Then I went right back to the Adam Sandler quotes. You couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't. Oh, no. Fatty McGee is coming. Okay, you got it. You got it. You got it. You steal yourself, man. I gotta, I gotta steal myself. I can't do the Timothy. Oh, you I can, can do. I, I this can't is do the your quote. podcast. I, I mean, I yeah, no, I should definitely. You. I'll, I'll definitely stop. I'll definitely stop. <laughs> it's, it's really funny though. When you're a young you're kid, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do no, it. No, I'm not gonna do it because I can't. I, I mean, I definitely remember what Adam Sandler made Mr. McGee's breathing sound like. Okay. And I'm not gonna do that. Are you sure? Yeah. They're gonna laugh at you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
All right. One of the things that jumped to mind last time you were talking before I derailed us completely. How much space is there for overconfidence mm. in world building? Mm. Well, you know, it's funny because you won't ever know it was overconfident until you're on the other side. So I would say there's all the space in the world, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, I mean, you can throw, you know, the most pat idioms at that, like, right? Shoot for the, shoot for the stars and you'll land mm. on the moon or whatever. There you go. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's better to, uh, it's like better to say sorry than ask for permission. Something like that. Yeah. Which yeah. is definitely not true. <laughs> It does depend. I believe in that in certain instances. I really do. All right, yeah. Not in Good. instances of like bodily consent. Absolutely. Um, but I, I can tell you many, many, I, I feel like many times I have learned that because, because again, um, depending on who you are and what culturally you have been conditioned to believe you need permission to do, I mean, there's a lot of people who need relieving of the thought that they need permission to take their worth in space, right? To yeah. call back to Dee's thought. It's like, hey, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, let's relieve m many of us of this notion that we need permission to be who we are. And, mm, yeah. um, and, and, and there are lots of people who also need to, like, ask permission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Um, you, you asked about the role of overconfidence and, um, I think that, you know, believing in oneself, mm -hmm. um, um, having, you know, the audacity to think that you might be able to do something that you've never done before. Those are necessary mm -hmm. in this work. I don't think that's overconfidence. I think that is like just a, a primal ingredient that you have to bring to this work. Mm. Um, I think overconfidence can be things like, um, w let's do some stage combat and I know what I'm doing there. Oh, no, you no, don't. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. What do you uh, mean I can't? just punch the parrot off your shoulder without your permission. <laughs> right. right. So I know to send the energy past. Right. And now we're in the ER and I'm out of the job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, overconfidence um, from, a, from the, from the standpoint that it um, can affect anyone else's safety, mm -hmm. um, well-being. like, yeah, there is such a thing as overconfidence. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. But, Look at some of my callback auditions. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Say more. Oh, I've you know, I've, I've kissed people without touching oh, base with them. Got you, got you. Um, these are lessons learned. Yeah, these are lessons learned. I was, at the time, I was working with people that were like, oh, no, that was a great choice. Right. Thank you for doing that. Right, they didn't right, necessarily right. sound like that. But now, <laughs> with the last... I would say paying attention to things in the last four years. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's how they're going to get me. 
Because yeah. I know those moments. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Should not have done that. Right. And I think that, that those kinds of revelations that we have, and we all have had them, like mm-hmm. that this is not just reserved for 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 any anything across the spectrum starting at white cis men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, but I think what we're realizing is we limited ourselves with these notions that there's kind of really only one way at certain kinds of things right yeah, and like an archetypes or whatever. yes and 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 the idea you know like we, we you know you'll you'll hear all these you know all these stories from you know films filmmaking of your mm-hmm. uh and you know directors with their secrets that they would have with one actor or another and then they would spring it on you know unsuspecting yeah. you know uh actress and you know, and then they'd get exactly the reaction they were hoping for, and or you know, how they made Kramer versus Kramer, r- right? So, like yeah. the, the 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 notion that you you know that 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 somehow you could you could only get these perfect reactions by by hiding something from someone and keeping a secret and then springing it on them, and you know, again, it's like build the world together, mm-hmm. you know, like ha- know what it is that you're doing together. Like there's, you know, yeah. there's, there's no one should be left in the dark no. in this work. No. And no. Ev- everyone should be able to put their voice in about what's going to make them feel like they, like they can confidently stand, stand underneath whatever it is that, you know, is being mm. decided. Um, and, and I, I think that, we just get in this place where we think, no, no, but it must feel magical. There must be surprise. There must be, and it's like, no, there needs to be surprise for the audience. Mm -hmm. And even then, there needs to be some consent that you're able to give to the audience for some of the content, for some of the things that, you know, really can set somebody back if they don't understand that there is that going on in the show. Mm. And you think, oh, but now we've ruined the surprise. And it's like, I mean, it was like, like, like when, when I was pregnant and people would be like, are you going to, are you going to keep it a surprise? And I was like, fuck no. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure my first birth is going to be full of surprises. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) need to like preserve some sense of surprise just because I happen to know what genitalia my my child will come with like there'll be plenty of surprises for me waiting right and the thing that's live theater too like Mm -hmm. are you kidding me you're gonna be surprised don't you worry (laughs) just pay attention stay tuned (laughs) do not go to the restroom (laughs) for both for both audience and the show, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no worries. There will be surprises aplenty for mm, everyone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, like, we trust the audience. Like, I mean, we keep talking. I keep, I keep hearkening back to Refuge. But the vast majority of shows that I've been with, there is always a layer of disbelief yeah. that we ask the audience every single show to, like, shut that part of your brain off that says you were sitting in a building with... If, depending on where you are, 50 to 100 other people. Yeah. Or standing out on a golf course. Or standing out on a golf course, exactly, inside of a golf cart. Right. Cheers to you. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Hey, you saw that show, too. I did. Cheers. Hey, Dan. Thanks. Mm. Basil Hayden. Basil. For when you want 
Basil Hayden's. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, we ask you to we we ask the audience to go with us on a journey every time. Every time they are complicit in the world that we are building, they have to say yes to it. Yeah. If they don't say yes to it, or if they're given a reason not to, mm-hmm. then everything starts to fall apart, like Inception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if one person starts to wake up in that entire business, the world around them starts crumbling. Yes, but I also I do think though that we can sell ourselves short and our audiences short. It, when we start to tell ourselves these precious, precious things that like, no, no, we, there can't be trigger warnings. You're ruining the surprise, you know? And it's like, yes, yes, there can be. You, you can, you can give people some information that allows them, and you, and you can get haughty. You can, and and I, and I don't mean to use that. That's a very judgmental um, word. You can get emotional about losing that element. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and say to yourself, but isn't that what theater is for? Aren't we supposed to, you know, uh, like make people think and be surprised by things? And it's like, um, yes, and theater started in a, at a time when you could either braid a basket mm-hmm. or go see... You know, a a Greek chorus retell a hero's journey, yeah. right? Um, so let's give the human animal some credit for living in quite a different world today. Yeah. And we are asking people whose bodies and brains are like barraged with a fuck ton of things that they have to process mm. on a daily, minute by minute basis. Mm. So why don't we make some space that today's brain needs a little bit of an on-ramp sometimes because we're going to take you somewhere. So how about let's give you just a little bit of space to like get your head in the game Mm. because we're going to do it to you. And here are some specific ways we're we're going to do that. Not going to tell you all the devices, not going to tell you the ways in which this story is going to come together, but I'm going to tell you we're going to deal in this content and this content. That's, I think, the like a very human thing to be able to do to today's storytellers and today's story receivers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that takes away from where the show can then take you when you have prepared yourself to then sit down and then yes like you said the audience has a role and they they're not going to go if if they don't buy in right mm-hmm. and if the first thing that that happens to them is they get surprised by some some content that they did not know was going to happen and now they're having a traumatic experience well they're not coming for your story no. they're leaving now yeah. right whereas they could have absorbed this in a different way where they now have a different relationship with the very thing that that would have traumatized them. Mm. So all of that to say, I think we can I think we can sometimes tell ourselves little 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 comfortable lies that you know, all this awareness that we are now starting to build um about what people need 
is like somehow taking away from all of our magic for telling stories. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, mm -hmm. no, it's, it's bringing us actually deeper into the, into yeah. the work. Providing trigger warnings is not like providing a spoiler on Twitter. Right. They're very different things. When I, when, like, when I hand you a program and it says, hey, just so you know, there's going to be some gunshot sounds and then you're going to experience some haze, some smoke. We don't say on page 52 after this line, there is a gunshot. Right. We don't spell those things out. We are just letting you know that what you are going to hear is a part of the tools we're using to create this moment in this world. Right. And then we let you live through it. We let you experience it. Right. I, I think, yeah, that providing that is just as crucial as the work we did for four weeks before we opened this thing. Yeah. Six. Six weeks. <laughs> if you're lucky. Two years. <laughs> That's right. Honestly, I don't think, like, you go to a movie, you see a two-and-a-half-minute preview, you know there's going to be violence. You know there's going to be gunshots. You know there's going to be explosions because they've prepped you for it. Yes. I don't see that it's really much of a difference. Yes, I was watching totally. the, the American classic um, Shooter starring Mark Wahlberg today before I came over. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Do you like Wahlberg? I enjoy Mark Wahlberg. Here's my thing about Mark Wahlberg. I can never forget what he did and then begged Barack Obama to expunge from his record. Like, I can't forget that. Ooh, I can. I literally have no memory of what you're talking about. Mark Wahlberg beat a man to death. What? A long or, or beat him up really badly. Those are two very different Those things. Are two very different things. Um, Googly would, goo. I'm Googling it now. It would now probably be described as a hate crime. Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. This is crazy. We're going. I did, I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah, How hard, many left turn? Hard left, hard turn. left. Hard left turn. Mark Wahlberg was a drug dealer and was charged with attempted murder before becoming Marky Mark of the Funky Bunch. Wow. Yeah. Um, Let's see. It, let's talk about some white privilege. Shall yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find this specific thing. He attacked two Vietnamese men without provocation at the age of 16. <gasps> he attacked the first with a stick and then he punched the second, permanently blinding him in the process. Uh, does he pay that person no. hundreds of thousands of dollars a year? Probably not. No. He should. Yeah, I mean, probably he should. Yeah, absolutely should. So, like, when Mark listens to this, as I know he will. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely not a. He's not an A-lister actor. So please listen to this, and I want you to feel shame. Like I watch Shooter, and I'm like, oh man, this is a fun action so movie. So I see now how but, you're conflicted yeah. watching him in anything. Well, it. I mean, I love the movie The Fighter, uh -huh. which is definitely. I didn't see it. Oh, it's 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 him and Christian Bale at pretty good points in their career. Mm -hmm. Mark Wahlberg is great at playing the dummy that can do one thing really well. Mm -hmm. And when I mean dummy, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. mean like he's just not I know your deal. He's not sharp. Like, you know, he's just not sharp. He's a little slow. Right. He's focused on one thing and one thing only and that's and that's fighting. It's pugilism and he's good in that movie. He is so good in The Fighter. Christian Bale plays his brother. These are based off real characters who struggled with addiction, was a boxer before the addiction kind of took hold. Christian Bale steals Pretty much every scene he's in, it's breathtaking. Bale does that. He's really good. In general. He's really good. He's also really good at yelling at people on set. Anyway. Um, did you ever see um, Christian Bale when he was like, I don't know, 11, 12 in Empire of the Sun? No. 
<gasps> I hear I should, though. And the gasp. Oh, my God. It's, I, I, I mean, I myself was 11, and I saw that movie, and I didn't, I mean, I was not prepared for the epicness of the, just the scope of all the feelings that could was be Was he had. nominated for Empire of the Sun? I don't think so. No? But, like, John Malkovich is in that movie. Um, Malkovich! Uh, Miranda, I can't think of her name, her last name. Anyway, point is, I don't, I don't mean to take us off into movie land, but no, like, that's really fun. I um, derailed us for this part he, to get there. He, I, I was, because it, 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 it deals in a, in, in a, a, a lot of like, because it's, it's set in World War Two, and you know, there's, there's all this loss that is, whoops, I, there's all this loss that's depicted, and I felt. All of those feelings, I think it's a Spielberg film, so you can imagine, you just feel all these feelings, plus thoughts about boys were coming online, oh, no. and I was like, I feel funny when I look at him. When you, so what you're telling me is when you look at Christian Bale, you felt some sudden love. Sudden love. Tom Stoppard. Tom Stoppard wrote Empire of the Sun? Oh, well, there you go. Wow. Tom Stoppard, everybody. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it was, I mean, I, I can't say that I have watched it as an adult. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it tracks so these days. So who knows? But I'm, know? I'm down, I'm down to give it a watch. But that was an, an epic film for me as a, as a kid. Sounds like we need a screening in the wolf. Well, we can definitely do a screening in the wolf. Yes. I would also recommend for anyone that is a, a fan of Marilyn Monroe and her work, because when I was around that same age, Jury, and someone showed me the film. Some like it hot. Some like it hot. Mm-hmm. Oh man! <laughs> I often am caught with a with my mouth agape and my eyes just glazed over, just because. I'm always tired. <laughs> that's that's why. There's that. <laughs> but, that but, but, but my mom and her best friend at the time of them showing me that movie like looked at me immediately after. Is that where she's playing the ukulele on the train? In, I think in her so. little like she's yeah. like a she's not one of the main characters, right? Oh no, no. Some like it hot. She's, she is the vixen. She is the one. Uh, well then maybe I'm thinking of uh, I think it's definitely a different one. She's on a beach with Tony Curtis in a couple of uh, wonderful outfits. So Tony Curtis, I totally had in my head in this movie. Anyway, anyway, point Anywho, is, you were I was swept distracted away. By, I was I was swept away by Marilyn Monroe in that movie, and at a young age, at a young age, at a young age, much much to your um, embrace of um, Empire of the Sun and Christian Bale. Well, right, where like you just because the other the other one for me was. Um, well, there are two others. These were the three. It was. Ooh. Who it are was, your top three? It, well, no, no, no. Oh. It's not the top. It's just oh. these. These. These are the introductory feelings, right? The okay. like, I was watching a movie like I've always done, mm-hmm. and then suddenly I had these feelings. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> one was. Suddenly, there was some su- and, suddenly. <laughs> suddenly, yes, life has new meaning. So. To me. <laughs> 
So, so you know, it's it's ridiculous to have had those feelings during Empire of the Sun because that is not the kind of film it was. No. It was entirely appropriate to have those kinds of feelings for Carrie Elway's in The Princess Bride, yes, which was about are. the same time. You were not alone. And then just a little later, just a little later, mm. I had those feelings for Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And like then and then it was like, oh my god. Like I just love boys. <laughs> yeah. As you wish. Oh God, I'm telling you. Right. I have pictures. Do you remember when you used to have film developed to get photos? Right. Mm -hmm. I have actual photos. <laughs> Of, of the TV Terry Elways <laughs> and Robin Wright in the farm boy scenes because I took pictures of the TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need to see those Polaroids. And I counted that as having pictures of Terry <laughs> Elways. <laughs> you are not alone. I've got pictures. I had pictures on my old, on this old phone of um, Michael Jordan when he won championships. I'm like, oh. Them. I'm celebrating with Michael Jordan. <laughs> See, we're together. <laughs> we're together. I totally know what you're saying. It's totally yes. fine. Yes. Um, yeah, Marilyn Monroe, the secretary in Love Actually for Hugh Grant. Love like, Actually. Yeah. Hugh Grant. I'm remembering that movie. The secretary. The secretary. She for his his secretary. His secretary. Is just who is Adorbs. she? I can't remember. Are you she, looking she, the up? only movie I ever saw her in was Love Actually. But she has stuck with you. Stuck, it's just it just like in there. And it's like an earwig. You'll never get that out. Mm. Um, so Marilyn Monroe, Monroe, her, and then are we going for the? If I'm going for my Mount Rushmore of <laughs> suddenly <laughs> life has new meaning moments. Her name is Heike. Heike. Oh, that's cool. Let me see. Show me the picture. So oh I yeah. Can. Oh. No, 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 no. That is, that is um, Alan Rickman's um, oh, Paramore. You, you've pulled the wrong actor. It's Alan Rickman's Paramore. How about that for a big word? I'm going to pour myself Paramore. another basil. Paramore. You get a little more basil because yeah. of that. Good Paramore. Job. Thank you. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll keep looking. All right. Um, anyway, I derailed us to talk about the 20 minutes, the opening 20 minutes of um, Shooter. In, right. With, with an actor that... Questionable. It's a questionable actor now. Like I just, it's. It, it doesn't matter. They're still giving him work. So I'm just gonna say. The first 20 minutes of Shooter, mm -hmm. they give you a flashback. Mm -hmm. You know what this guy excels at. Mm -hmm. You know where he was jilted by his government, mm -hmm. and you get an understanding that what you are going to be watching for the next hour and a half mm -hmm. or more is directly related to this incident, so pay attention if you can. Yep. And if you're an audience member and those first 20 minutes don't do it for you, the rest of the movie ain't going to work. Right. It's totally fine. It's also an action movie. You're watching something that Hollywood produced. There's a lot of suspension and disbelief about just how much, I believe, Mark Wahlberg knows about this effect that takes into account the curvature of the Earth. I think it's the Coriolis effect. In in his in his approach to shooting, yes, from from a in mile his out, targeting, yeah, wow, like, yeah. They, he references that for a brief second. They put it at the end of a fucking list. 
So you know they just wanted to like, I'm just painting the picture that he's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah. best shooter. Right. That's why he's just called Shooter. And they put it at the end of that list, and I'm like, I can see that glazed look in your eyes, Mark Wahlberg. You want to be drinking whiskey. Mm. Like, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. Anyway, because of the first 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, I'll give this a go. And, a, then? and then the movie happens, and all I'm thinking about is Kate Mara, and like, she should get more work. Yeah, she should. Kate she's, Mara should get more work. She's a, she's a gift. You know who should also get more work more than Kate Mara? And I love Kate Mara. Michael Pena. Oh, I love him. Oh, my God. Michael Pena. Yeah. Like, he's great in the shooter. He is a breath of fresh air to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, he is. Oh, man. Yes, I, I love him. Michael Pena in Ant-Man 1 and 2. Yes. Just do yourself a favor. I'm sure they're YouTube compilations. Just pull them up. Yeah. You don't need context. He's a joy. Oh, he's he's a, a joy. He's joy. also in The Martian. And I love him in The Martian. I love The Martian. The Martian made my top 10 movie list Oh, today. my gosh. That's right. That's Matt Damon getting uh, abandoned. Yeah, Mars. A- accidentally. Jessica Chastain is his captain. Jessica and I have a hard time Chastain. believing that Jessica Chastain would make any type of mistake like that. Oh, leave him behind. Oh, man. Well, I mean, but she ha- does it listen- wasn't a mistake. I mean, they had to go. They had to go. They had to save their lives. Right? I totally get it. Yeah. Hey, that was not a mistake. Speaking of 20 minutes, the first opening 20 minutes of a movie that make you buy into the world that they're building, yeah. you're like, yes, these people know science. I'm with you. Yes, totally. And at the same time that that movie came out, I listened to the Neil deGrasse Tyson review of that movie. Ooh. And he greenlit almost all of the science. Did he? That's amazing. Did you know that that was a self-published novel? Get out of town. Not even kidding you for a little bit. Wow. Yep. The Martian. Yeah. Go rent it today. Yeah, read it. Read it. Yeah, go to I the library. It is, of course, no longer self-published. I no, believe. I'm sure you have to pay money for it now. For a pretty yeah, penny. but if you get a library card. But initially, you could read that shit on Amazon for free. Wow. Shoutouts to making your own work. That's right. I get mean, in there. You're out there. You've got the tools. If you're listening at home, you are an artist. You've got the tools. Get cracking. Do you. Do it. Do, Do you. It. I have a friend who um, got published first, but now she self-publishes because the publishing rigmarole was just ridiculous, and she actually has more access to her readers this way. But she writes some steamy-ass novels. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, are they are they modern romances? They are modern romances. <laughs> can, I, can I get the hookup? Uh, yeah. I, I, the only her, books I read during high school were modern romances. Uh, her, Lisa Jackson, man. <laughs> so this author's name is. Um, uh, I'm I'm just trying to think. Is does she go by her real name or does she have a, a pen, pen name? name. Um, I'm pretty sure she goes it, by her real name. Are any of her books entitled "Sudden Love"? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's bad to say it, but I'm now. So I'm gonna say it now, and then if I find out, then I'm gonna have to like You'll hit, have 12 hit, hours a, hit a to Rubik's get it taken cube. Out. <laughs> um, um, so Christy, um, Christy Berry, and 
her first novel was set in Austin and deals in some polyamory. And I don't know if she continues the polyamory thread in her other novels. I haven't, because I haven't finished her first novel, and that has nothing to do with whether or not it was good. It has to do with the fact that um, I I have ADHD, mm. and the pandemic really did a number on that for me. And even before that, motherhood did a number on it. And I haven't read a full book in years. Um, My name's Sam Gilstrap. It's nice to meet you. Hello. Okay. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm only recently diagnosed and have been on medication for about a month. Wow. Ooh, then... Next question. Have you noticed a difference in your yes, art creativity? I have. Is it better, worse, better. middling? Better. Explain how. Well, for acting, what had started to happen is um, my, whatever sort of built-in coping mechanisms I had uh, while undiagnosed mm. um, had um, started to slowly peel away during motherhood <laughs> and then completely just get blown the fuck apart during the pandemic so the isolation the not having my people around me like the the um the one day looking so much like the one before it like it Mm. like in ways we never thought possible (laughs) right and 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 then just the 2d um because i'm 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 in conference calls all day long for my job and so all of that just like slowly conspired to just completely rip away my last remaining apparently uh, coping mechanisms for my ADHD. And like suddenly, suddenly, sorry. <laughs> suddenly, um, I couldn't, I just could not really boss my own focus around anymore. Mm. And it took, it, it took emergency scenarios in order to like buckle down and focus Mm. and you know we all know like hey you know like you know uh, responding to a little emergency here and there can can be really inspiring actually um but if it's nothing but that you know if i'm just procrastinating until like everything's sort of like i mean i was just super anxious and even if i wasn't like um, barreling down on a deadline, I still felt like I, 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 I couldn't just direct my attention where I needed it to go. It, it instead was just like whatever I happened to be, whatever happened to be able to hold my attention. So all of this to say um, that the way that it has changed for me is that later, you know, lately, so I took a hiatus from, from doing shows for about eight years during mm. which I had a child, I just had my, my day job had kind of grown into a career and I just couldn't burn candle at both ends at that point. And, you know, for eight years I was off the boards. I would still do little bite-sized projects, I called them. In 2016, I stepped back onto the boards um, to do a show at Curious, um, one of the one of the uh, Elliot trilogy um, by uh, Kiara um, Alegria Hudez. And... Sh- and that show back was like, whoo, like, you know, getting getting under the lines and everything was like, in my mind, I was like, well, of course, it feels a little like, woof, you know, it's been eight years, you know. Next show, also at Curious, was the, the third of that trilogy. It's like, hey, you know, <laughs> they made the character even more prominent, even more lines. Of course, that felt like a 
a big thing, right? Like (laughs) next thing I do was I think catamounts um, was the men men on boats. And I remember thinking when I, <laughs> I remember thinking, well, this is an ensemble piece. It is eight freaking people, yeah. you know? How many lines can there be that belong to any one character? And then like, I remember like starting to highlight and going like, oh, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, um, and that was, and you know, that's a four week <laughs> rehearsal process for, for catamounts. And you're just like, boom, boom, boom. And, yeah, and yeah. the good news is that so much was so physical that, it, you know, like you start to, you know, anytime your body is really engaged, you know, that, that, that line stuff starts to get, but oh, yeah. there was this one big motherfucking monologue where, you know, major pal has to just, you know, lay it the fuck down mm. and it is nothing but words and nothing but everybody in the cast watching major pal just do nothing but words and i had started to have this like several bands going in my brain and it it actually it, it when i think back on it it actually started from the minute i got back on the boards and i just didn't realize that this had happened mm. I, I i started having this very bifurcated experience and like there was the one voice that was like work that was like trying to focus on this character and then there was the other voice literally right next to the other one going what if you forget right now what if you forget this what if you forget this what if you forget this what if you forgot this what if you forgot that oh my god you just said that but you don't even remember thinking about it oh my god do you remember this like constantly just fucking chattering away in my head I I could not just focus. And so what it just started to build and build and finally my anxiety got the better of me and I went up on opening night for Men on Boats. Oh no. Thank God for Karen Slack. She can Woo! She had my back, she had my front, she had my side, she had my feet, my legs, like she was fucking there like she knows the text backwards and forwards and she just like once she realized that i was not going to like pick this up she literally fed me you know whatever the little bit i needed and then i then i was back on but it was like and i've never felt worse in my whole life like i mean it was opening night like you know like it was like i just felt crushed i felt like i had was I felt like I had let everybody down. Like, it, ugh, it's still, I mean, like, I could cry right now thinking a bit about it, not only from the, like, standpoint of the failure that I felt, but also just the, like, ugh, get yourself a Karen Slack. That's all I have to say. Um, like, I, I'm so grateful that she is is a part of my life. Um, we found each other early on, um, mm. and um, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have her in my life. But, um. So that, that experience of like the lines and the, just like this, this other thing going on while I'm in performance and this, you know, other voice, you know, just like, oh my God, oh my God, what if, what if? And I, I finally, in this show, after, after getting medication for ADHD, it's like it just goes, 
and it's not that I can't, it's not that I don't still have uh, access to that, to that thread, because that really is a part of your brain going, yeah. oh God, wouldn't this be crazy if you, ooh, let's yeah. not do that, right? Yeah, yeah. But I can focus on what I need to focus on, and that, that other thought process is just this little thread that is allowed to just kind of like, ooh, and just fizzle out because I'm not paying any fucking attention to It's like to a it. road sign as opposed to an off-ramp. Exactly. Yeah. And so it has made a huge difference. Nice. I, this is the first show... This show right now is the first show that I have been able to truly enjoy, like get to the get to the place where we've done it so much that now we're just have like we're having fun where mm -hmm. we're finding new things. Things will bobble and you're able to like react to and, and find it. Ooh. And like where I literally don't feel like I can't even speak about it lest I bring the gods down on my head. Like I haven't felt I haven't felt free to enjoy a show that I've been in in years. Because of, I now realize what was happening mm -hmm. in 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 my focus and my ability to just have agency over it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's changed a lot for me. Okay, I'm glad you found that. Me too. Yeah. It's, it, you talk about that voice, and for a second, I was like, I'm gonna have to look at what bifracted means. And then you explained it to me. I'm like, oh shit, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. And how, even as you're We've been talking all day. Those little voices that come into my brain to like, oh, I've got a quote that goes along with this. Now, like when I'm self-conscious of it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a better job of reining that in. But when you can't. Right. When you can't shut off one of those voices, there's got to be, there's got to be this, a certain amount of fear that's always with you on stage. Yeah. And, while it's one thing to say, be fearless, break a leg, go out there, give them heck, right. knock them alive. You know, cliches that we give ourselves and to others when we're about to perform or whatever it is Fuck that it we're up. about to go out there. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it up. Put them on notice, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, let's light this candle. I've got a list of them. I'm a coach. And to have all of that while your brain is going like, tonight by, tonight by me the night. Right. And what will you do? Yeah. Oh man, opening night for this. I'm sitting there going like, did I did I do the dance with Martina? Okay, I did do the dance. I did do the dance. Oh no 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 no. I haven't. No, that's coming. That's coming. Okay, yes. that's coming. Yes, okay. and we're all doing that oh, yeah, yeah. because because the, that that show, especially by opening night, like you know, we had a we had just begun to ride the horse rather than get dragged behind it. Mm -hmm. We had only just begun that. And so you are, you're still going, what's next? Got it. Mm -hmm. What's next? Got it. Okay. And, and, and like, as an actor, you, as an actor, you are literally like inhabiting all these different functional thoughts while then trying to live at a higher altitude of like being present and, and inhabiting this character and letting the character take you know take 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 control mm. and and yet you have all these mechanical things especially in a show like this that you have to pay attention to so there are a million different bandwidths going on you know oh, in, yeah. in your head but your ability to go i'm focusing here right now thank you very much and i'm focusing here right now thank you very much and i'll just have to worry about that later mm -hmm just is destroyed sometimes with something like ADHD. 
and it's just like it's just like all is just like yeah what i like what i'm describing from my own personal experience is just like my own insecurities right like i could not imagine having to contend with right something like adhd along with my own insecurities like that would be I'm 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 a I'm a I'm I'm a lot of fun sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how much fun I'd be if that were the case. <laughs> like real talk. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing with me that because the second you brought it up, I was like, oh, I wonder how all that's affected it. And then you provided the entree, and I really appreciate it because I mean, it is a part of who you are, and it explains so much of the growth that you've had just within the last couple of months as a performer and how still, when I saw men on boats, how awesome you were. Thanks. And the energy in which that you would like carry us through the Henry's with Stephen J. Burge. Like like, there's a lot of stuff I'm sure that was going into play and a lot of memorization, a lot of work to all of those little bits and pieces. And for what it's worth, never felt like you were lacking. Oh, thank you. Or that we caught you lacking. Thank so. you. Well, again, like, I mean, like, the Henry's, the the, the thought that it, you think I had anything memorized is hilarious. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, Stephen and I, we would write the show. Um, the night before. We'd write all our bits. <laughs> Not the night before, but the night before the night before. Okay. And, and, um, um, Bottle of basil between each other. We, we'd have the, the running order of who all was, was going to, you know, be doing the awards and so that you know that gives you context about different jokes that you might be able to make and things like that and Mm -hmm. so you know there there's only so far in advance you could actually do that writing because there's only you know they they only make some of those decisions right towards the end and so you know we'd get together we'd we'd write the bits and stuff and you know it's like uh, uh, once we once we had those then then it was time to transfer those things to index cards. And so we would literally be cutting our, our, our bits, our script in onto index cards so that we would then have them. And so this is, this is the deal. The, the ADHD brain was like, we will have a way to put order on this. Otherwise I will be overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that was what was going on, but what was great about it is that we'd have all these bits and the number one job that we assigned ourselves as, as, as hosts of that evening was we've been in the audience for it, obviously, and there's nothing like the feeling of being halfway through it and realizing you're only a quarter of the way through it, where you're like, oh, this is taking forever. And so our jobs, <laughs> we felt like, was to understand when we hit the point of no return. And nothing would be funny, even if it was the funniest shit you've ever written, because people are fucking tired of sitting there. And so we were able to go like, boom, boom, that's out, that's out. Now it's just this. This is the only thing that matters. This is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And so like, depending on however things went for that evening, it was like you were just able to start tossing bits left and right because it's like, no, no, no. People need to get to their pizza and their beer and their, right? Like they're done. We're all going to Cap they're City, done. so can we wrap? They don't have any time mm-hmm. for your stupid ass jokes, so let's get the show right. on the road, right? Is that is that Sam Gilstrap in a white suit wearing sunglasses at the Pace Center? <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> are we, or can Sam, we go to Cap have, now? Do you have feelings? Do you have feelings about I mean, I was, 
I was in my cups. Like, <laughs> oh my god! They asked me to. They asked me to present. They asked me to present, and then right before they asked me to present, they said, they "Hey, asked the, you not to." No, <laughs> no. I wish they had. I wish that they had had. What they did do, and I would keep names secret because I'm a I'm I'm a professional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, the person you're presenting with is single." And we paired you together so that you could make a connection. I'm like, now I'm all in my head because I am such a devil with the ladies. (laughs) Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all believing that. All head nods. (laughs) And here I am, contacts in, glasses on. Hey, shout outs to the Arvada Center for getting my contact lenses, by the way. (laughs) Anyway. And I do and I do my presentation. I've got sunglasses on. I, I make eyes at BLF who's sitting in the front row. I, I'm the only presenter that came out the day with his drink in his hand. Not a good look. Totally a good look. Well, that right. was some smooth ass shit. Oh, thank you. What year was this? Oh, it was a couple of years ago. It's a couple of years ago. In a white suit. You can find it on Facebook, I'm sure. And I and, and, I, and this was still a year that we were that I we were. I think it was your last year. Is that the Pace Center? Yeah. Yeah. So the year of the Pace Center, you're like your last year at the Pace Center, my first time presenting. And anyway, and so like the entire, I come up there and I'm like, I, I said something cute right before I did my part of the introduction of the awards, and then I handed it off to my partner. And because they told me my partner was single, and that I should ask them out, I'm like, once I handed it off, I totally gave them the eyes, and I got her number at the end of the show. <gasps> So they were right. No. Oh. And I called, and she told me very nicely how disappointed she was that I asked for the number because she thought it was a professional courtesy, and I am currently seeing somebody. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, "That's Yikes. a that's that's." It's a yikes moment for Someone me. Someone set you up. It felt like a setup. You were set I'm up really, for failure, dude. I would. Well, I was either set up for failure, or I was set up by people who just saw two people that should like that could connect, right. and they didn't know anything about this person's right. private life because it is their private because life. Because it is their private and, life, and and they they were absolutely within their rights to put me in my place and the way in which that they had. However, I just want to acknowledge that for all of my blunders, asking out other artists for that I have photograph evidence of somewhere. Wow. (laughs) There's a photo of me with my sunglasses on at the Henry's behind a podium, glass in hand, just staring at her like a creep in a white suit. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Oh, Oh, the things that we learned. Still got that white suit and I still fit in it. So do you, yeah. Okay. So, so what she was saying was she felt like you put her in a bind, asking for her number because why would she, why why would she be so rude as to not give you her number? But she was disappointed that you actually used it. I think what she was she was operating under the impression because I did not I did not you know I was not fully transparent when I asked for the phone number. Oh. Okay. All right. I was like, hey, could I have your number and call you sometime? That's pretty vague. No specifics provided. But if I 
yeah, I'm, yep, yep. I, I, I will say if that had, if that had been me and that is how you asked for my number, I would not have thought anything other than you want to see if there's something. Totally. So, you know, if you said, hey, uh, can I have your number? Uh, there's a show I'm casting and I'd really like to consider you for it. Well, that, and then you're like, never mind. And I've got this I just basement want to take apartment you out to dinner. with this couch yeah, where I'd like right. to get you on I camera. Like you're, exactly. you're skeevy and full of shit. Totally, totally. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the moral of the story is just be, just be as best as you can your authentic self whenever you can be. Did you feel like you were not being your authentic self in that white suit? Of course with not. Sunglasses. I mean, I'm, I'm dressed to the nines because if I look good, I play good. But I've seen you come in dressed to the nines like yeah. that's kind of what well, you do that's a thing you yeah do. no it's it's my thing i i want to look good yeah even though the vast majority of the audience will never see that i know that i took time out of my day to put my stuff together because i was focused at 4 p.m i was focused and ready to go at 4 p.m i had my i had my outset at 4 p.m i show up at the theater i'm looking good i am already out of that outfit so i'm in costume right at like 15 minutes after call like that is all part of my brain it's like Nope, I'm ready at four. I walk into theater. I am ready for the show before anyone else is. I want, I'm setting that tone. Mm-hmm. I've, I mess with that script as hard as I possibly can. I try to be the first one off book or really close to it because I don't want to be the guy, the last guy asking for lines. Not that there's anything wrong for that. I just don't want to be doing that. <laughs> right. I just don't want to be doing it. Right. That's, I, that's for your personal yeah, I, build. I, that's what you need. It's f- for that's me, foundational for you. For, it, it is. I feel like I am the most creative once I have the script out of my hand. Anybody is. Yeah. I can do more. I feel more free. I'm not tethered to it. And if for a show where you're carrying puppets, it ain't easy to ain't, carry nope. the script and the puppet yeah. no, at the same damn time. The minute time. you got that script out of your hand, the wolf shot forward like a, like a thousand percent. Yeah. And that, and man, shout outs to quitting your job when you know it's not going to serve you. Yeah. I needed to do that. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers to that. I still got some that. of my cups. Boom. Boom. Cheers to that. Jaree, when we get to this point in the conversation, I want to ask, what is that ghost light you'd like to leave on for the next generation? I, I had the thought earlier. I marked it and I said, I think this is it. I think this, I think I know the ghost light thing that I'll say. Um, and it, It goes something like, be careful what you assign yourself. Be careful not to just preload yourself with so many things going into the project that you leave yourself no space to accept new assignments. I think that's it. We can convince ourselves that we're not enough, and so we need to really, really do this. And we can convince ourselves that, you know, uh, you know, again, like a preconceived notion of, you know, here's what I already know. And um, this work is by nature collaborative. So if we've come already holding all we can hold, how are we going? How are we going to reach out? What, how are we giving ourselves another hand to like 
hold something for someone else or grab their hand and, you know, get something from them. And so, yeah, just, just be careful that you don't come in already burdened Mm -hmm. and leave yourself no way to take up a burden for someone, take a new assignment you never even thought to give yourself. Um, you know, have enough wherewithal to throw some shit over the side. Get rid of some of that ballast. Get rid. Get yeah. rid of some of it. Take on take on something new. Absolutely. Know your worth in space, but leave space to, for growth. Yes. Bam. Ghosties, this is Jaree Henshaw. This is the Ghost Lights Podcast, episode 87 on our March to Infinity Get your tickets to Refuge at Curious Theater now, ASAP. Please do so. You know what? While I'm at it, go get your, um, since we're talking about Karen Slack, go get your picture, get your tickets to... Uh, Hurricane Diane. Hurricane Diane. Go do that ASAP. At this, the Fox Theater, the Aurora Fox Theater. It's got Karen Slack. It's got it's got Ghost Lights guest, um, Emma Messenger. It has Chelsea Fry, who is one of the co-creators of One Way Back Day. Go see that show. And it's I think it's like all women. Janae Burris. Janae Burris, who was just in um, Eddie and Dave mm-hmm. for the Catamounts. Mm-hmm. Go get those tickets. Go see some live theater. Be safe, obviously. And Shannon Steele. Shannon Steele. Yeah. That sounds like a made-up name, but it's crushing it. It's a great name. <laughs> sounds like a romance novel name. It does sound like a romance novel name. But it also sounds like Shannon's name, and she's crushing it. She will Steele. steal your heart. See what she did right there? It's true. Hey, Dan. Do the damn thing. You're gonna spit that gum out, right? Is it catching in the microphone? Oh, oh is it? Are you I chewing like- it? I feel like I'm in your mouth. <laughs> I hope you recorded that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm testing recording. It's there. And, That's uh, got to go in at the end. That's got to go in at the end. If you do not put that at the end, I will find another producer. I swear to God. Oh, that's true. That is... I always put a stupid comment and that I walked right into that one. You always I? pop it right at the end there. I find something that we cut that's some little dumb derpy some thing. Some little derpy thing, yeah, for sure. We try, we try to have fun here.